highest of heights to the depths of the sea. Verse 24, there was Zadok also and all the Levites which uh, with him, bearing the ark of the covenant of God. And they set down the ark of God and Abiathar went up until all the people had finished crossing over from the city. And then the king said to Zadok, carry the ark of God back into the city, Zadok. If I find favor in the eyes of the Lord, he will bring me back and show me both it and his dwelling place. Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. The priests were loyal to David, even though it probably meant death for them if Absalom succeeded. It was good that the men who should be spiritually sensitive to Absalom's evil and David's good were indeed sensitive to it. David trusted in God, not in the Ark of the Covenant. He was willing to let the Ark go back to Jerusalem and put his fate in God's hands. David's humble and chastened spirit proved he knew God dealt with him righteously. David submitted to God with an active submission, not a passive one. Now here's Pastor Rob. And notice they passed before the king. And then the king said to Itai the Gittite, Why are you also going with us? Return and remain with the king. For you are a foreigner and also an exile from your own place. In fact, you came only yesterday, Itai. Why, why are you coming with me? You, you just came the day, you know, just yesterday. And I appreciate your loyalty, but you've got to go back and you've got to serve my son. Notice the resignation in David and all of this. As you read this, he's just like, you know, if God wants me back, he's going to bring me back. If he wants me to die, I deserve it. (laughs) That was David's heart. He's like, I deserve it as the consequence. I know I'm forgiven. I know where I'm going. Isn't that amazing? You know, the world hates a man like that. The world hates the fact that a Christian can make a mistake. A born-again believer can make a really horrible, horrible mistake. Can sin in, 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 in something so public, and again, not to condone it, not to condone it at all, but when they do fall, the world hates it when the person truly repents. And maybe they have to take some time off, but then they get back into the game again. And boy, they hate that. What they really want is for when the Christian to fall, they want God to send a lightning bolt and consume them and make a black spot on the pavement. See, that's what they want. But that's not what they get. Why is that? Because God is a God of grace, and all he cares about is the heart. Where is your heart? Is your heart a forgiving heart? Have you forgiven, have, have you forgiven others like you have been forgiven? Jesus said, if you don't forgive people, neither will I forgive you. There's a heavy one that I don't even want to mess with because those are his words. 
It's important for us then to forgive, isn't it? To have a heart of forgiveness toward others. And Peter would say, how many times, Lord? Seven times? If, I forgive, if my brother does something against me, should I forgive him seven times? Thinking that, oh, wow, Peter, that's an awesome number. It's a number of perfection, by the way. Good job. And Jesus said, no, 70 times seven. Not just 490 either. He says, you just keep forgiving because God, the God in heaven, God the Father has forgiven you. More than that. And I love that about God. See, that's his character. Doesn't that make you want to fall in love with him even more? Doesn't that, want, doesn't that make you want more of him? Isn't his grace and his love irresistible? It's sort of like, who can resist that kind of love and grace? It's a love that nobody understands because it is so, it's not demonstrated perfectly here on the earth. Even the love of a father to a daughter or a son, if that relationship is really good, even that is pale in comparison to the love of God to one of his children. And I don't know about you, but that just sets me on fire. And I love the fact that God loves me in spite of me. He doesn't look upon Rob Kellogg. He looks upon Jesus, whose blood is covering me. He looks upon you because the blood of Christ covers you. Never forget that, especially when you're going through a a difficult time, especially when you're smarting from something that you've done. So this guy, it says... uh, he says, return and take your brethren back, and mercy and truth be with you. And so he was the commander of, this, of the Gittites. And uh, we're going to see later on in this chapter, in just a couple chapters over, that David is going to give this man, he's going to make him a third, uh, the commander over a third of his army, this faithful man who is a Philistine from Gath. He's going to give him authority over a third of his army. I love that. But Itai answered the king and said, As the Lord lives and as my Lord the king lives, surely in whatever place my Lord the king shall be, whether in death or in life, even there also your servant, your servant will be. Do you hear the loyalty in this guy, the loyalty in the service? This kind of loyalty is very rare today. You know, happy is the employer who has an employee who's really loyal. You know, it used to be that way, and I don't know what happened, but many years ago, you know, when the world was a different place, you know, there could be a a man in a Fortune 500 company who had people all around him that were loyal to the company, and they 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 would take the overtime because it was good for the company, and they would do these things for the company. And then when it came down time for layoffs and things like that, they would spare their most loyal constituents. And now you're just a number. It doesn't matter. I mean, you may, get un- you may be able to pass through a few of those things, but ultimately, everybody's expendable. <laughs> it seems anyway. They don't like it, but they have to come to you and they say, you know what, my boss is telling me that I've got to let you go. That's the last thing I want to do. I'd rather leave my job, but I've got five kids and a wife who's pregnant and, you know, a kid's got needs and you're single. I'm really sorry, but I can't. I'd love to take the position, for, you know, and be in your spot, but I can't. I've got to let you go. But this loyalty that this man had for David, it reminds me of the same loyalty that we see uh, Ruth, that Ruth had when Naomi, remember in the book of Ruth? When Naomi was returning from Moab and she brought her two daughters-in-law with her because her sons, Naomi's sons, who were married to these two Moabite women, they had died in Moab. And so Naomi and her two daughters, Ruth 
and the uh, other one, I forget her name, um, they, they, they go back to Jerusalem. And halfway you know, through the trip, Naomi looks at Ruth and she goes, you know, why are you staying here? I, I can't raise up other children for you. Go back to your family and back to your people. And I'm so glad that Ruth stuck it out. And she said this. She says, Entreat me not to leave you. This is Ruth chapter 1, verse 16. Entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you. For wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people. This is a Gentile speaking, a pagan Gentile who lived in a pagan environment. She's like, I want, and then she goes on, and your people shall be my people and your God my God. I'm going to leave all my idols and I'm going to follow you, Naomi. There's something about your life and I'm loyal to you and I'm going to die where you die and wherever you go, I'm going to go. Your God, I'm going to serve because I see the God. I see the influence of that God on your life and he is real. All this other stuff is just a bunch of nonsense, but him I will serve. And finally, she couldn't dissuade her. So finally, Ruth comes with her. But I love that, just the loyalty the loyalty. And so David, and remember Ruth, just as a side note, Ruth is David's great-grandmother. She married Boaz. And then you go down through the genealogy, it's written in a couple places. She was the great-grandmother. This Gentile woman was the great-grandmother of Jesus Christ. I love that. People put labels on people. But God says, I could care less about all that. I'm not worried about that. You think God was wringing his hands going, oh, no, they're getting together. How am I going to get out of this? He's like, no, I knew that was going to happen. He didn't make it happen. He knew it was going to happen. And God knows exactly what he's doing. He's omniscient. He's omnipresent. Nobody else like him. The devil's none of those things, by the way. Our God is an all-powerful God. There's none like him. Like we sing tonight, there's no one like him. So David said to Itai, go and cross over. So finally, he can't dissuade the guy. He's like, well, come over the Kidron, the brook Kidron with us then, you know, and cross over into the Jordan, into the other parts of the land. You know, come with us. Go and cross over. And then Itai, the Gittite, and all his men, and all the little ones who were with him, they crossed over. You know, when you think about You know, even Jesus' disciples, you know, proclaimed great devotion. And the fact that they wouldn't leave the Lord, even Peter, but they did, at least initially, because they did not know their own hearts. Do you remember what it was recorded for us in Matthew 26? It says, Peter answered and said to Jesus, even if all were made to stumble because of you. See, we make a lot of boasts, and Itai wasn't making an empty boast. When he says, I'm going to go with you, he meant it, and he did. And yet even his disciples, even Peter, he says, I, you, I, I, even if all were made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you this night, Peter, before the, roost crow, the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And Peter said, Even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And so said all the disciples. These were the men closest to him. And again, not to put anything down on the disciples. They were wonderful men. But I just I find it interesting, don't you, that this Gittite, this Philistine, was willing to talk the talk and walk the walk 
And yet, me included, and even the disciples, we do a lot of talking, but we don't always do a lot of walking. (laughs) I find that interesting. Because the heart of man is fickle and deceitful. Verse 23, And all the country wept with a loud voice, and the people, and all the people crossed over toward the way of the wilderness. And again, the brook Kidron runs north to south in between the uh, Zion and, and the Mount of Olives. Today that brook is dried up, of course. You can't see it. Verse 24, There was Zadok also and all the Levites which uh, with him, bearing the ark of the covenant of God. And they set down the ark of God. And Abiathar went up until all the people had finished crossing over from the city. And then the king said to Zadok, Carry the ark of God back into the city, Zadok. If I find favor in the eyes of the Lord, he will bring me back and show me both it and his dwelling place. See, David knew that just having the ark with him did not guarantee any specific outcome. He knew that. He knew it was a relationship with God, not the, the furniture of God. Uh, you know, the, 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 the ark would have been nice, you know. And, and David's like, you know what? If God wants me to come back, I'll see it again. But you know what? Keep that back in Jerusalem. The people are going to need that. Even though I'm not there, the rest of them are going to need it. But it wasn't a rabbit's foot. It wasn't a talisman for good luck for him. You remember in 1 Samuel chapter 4, the Israelites, they, they acted as if the, the ark was like a rabbit's foot. They brought it into the battle with them and the Philistines, and the ark got stolen from them. They thought by bringing the ark, it was like, well, if we're bringing God into the battle, you guys are toast. We can sit back and drink martinis. No, no, it wasn't anything like that. They thought they could bring it in, and God would just wipe out the enemy. And God says, uh, you're putting too much emphasis on the box instead of me. And I'm going to let the Gentiles take the ark. It's going to break your heart, but I'm going to let them do it because your your devotion is misplaced. And can't we do that? We can, instead of getting our eyes fixed on Jesus Christ, we get our eyes fixed on a vessel of Jesus Christ. It could be a pastor. It could be some guy on television. It could be, you know, some famous guy who's written a lot of really good books. It doesn't really matter because we're all the same. Do you understand? No one should come in between you and God. No one. I don't care how wealthy he is, how good of a speaker he is, or even how good-looking he is, or how much money he's got. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if the guy can call down fire on national television. Don't let anything or anyone get between you and God. And that's the problem with the Israelites in 1 Samuel 4. And David's like, you know what? There's nothing I can do. Here, if God wants to bring me back, it's, it's, it's a relationship thing. It has nothing to do with the, the ark. I, he revered the ark. He loved it. But he's like, I can't bring that. That's not going to get the job done. It's a relationship with Jesus, right? And so, but it says, but if he says thus, I have no delight in you, here I am. Let him do to me as seems good to him. And again, David just resigned to his, his own fate. And it what really wasn't fate. It wasn't blind fate by any means. Because God knew exactly what he was going to do. But David would willingly surrender to God. Willingly surrender. Let me ask you a question tonight. We probably should stop here because, again, we didn't get through this. There's a lot here. (laughs) But are you fighting against God? Are you fighting against him or are you willing to surrender? Are you willing to surrender to God? 
You know, when I look at David's life and I see the things that he went through, David at some point in his repentance and his brokenness, and let me tell you, brokenness is a beautiful thing if it's genuine. If it's false, you're going to continue making yourself look like the hypocrite. But if you are truly broken and God is breaking you, it is such a precious thing in the sight of God. I can't tell you. There is nothing more important to God than seeing one of his children not relying on anything else, not relying on some crutch, not relying on some vice, but just saying, God, here I am. I am yours. You do with me what you want. I tell you what, when you get to that place and you're, and you're serious, God's like, oh, my brother, i got so many wonderful things for you. You're going to have the peace. You're going to have the joy. You're even going to love what you do to serve him. It's almost, it's not even fair. You know, I think about what I get to do. I, I, I can't think of anything more joyful in my life than to do what I'm doing right now. There's nothing on the earth I'd rather be doing. Nothing. And it wasn't my design for my life. It wasn't. I had a different plan for my life. But are you wrestling? Are you fighting with God? Are you still saying, Lord, my will be done? Are you still singing the song, I did it my way? (laughs) Are you still singing the song? Or are you putting up the white flag and saying, Lord, I've been around the block long enough. It never ends good for me. When I dig in my heels and I become obstinate, like that dog who's being taken for a drag. Have you seen an owner taking a, a dog for a, uh, you know, for uh, I've seen this the other day. I was coming down five mile line and this lady had this big dog and the dog was bigger than she was. And she's got it on a leash, right? And she's pulling the dog and the dog's just like, he's got his feet out and he's kind of like that. And she's pulling and his, you know, his, his collar's coming up like that. And I thought to myself, you know, that is just like the sin nature. <laughs> That's the way we are with God. We're like, no, I'm not going to go anywhere. And, you know, and God says, okay. <laughs> you want to be stubborn. And, you know, God's so gracious and loving, he'll say, all right. <laughs> if you really want it that bad, if you really want your way right now, I'm going to let you have it. I'm going to let you have your way. And he doesn't do it thinking, you know, I'm, I can't wait to squash you like a bug later. No, God says, I'm going to let you do this. You, you really want this. You want it that bad. And be careful when you pray for something that you want so bad that's not God's will. Pray that he never gives it to you because it will draw a wedge between you and him and you'll never be the same. Better to come to him and say, Lord, I wanted that so bad. Why is it that I wanted it so bad? Now it becomes something, it becomes an idol to me and now I must have it. You know, I saw there was a young lady many years ago and I'll end with this, I promise. Well, I shouldn't promise. I won't promise, but I'll just say this. Just the case in point here, there was a young lady many years ago, many years ago. She had a friend, and they both attended this fellowship. The one gal got married and happy, and, you know, everyone, oh, wow, you know, it's great. And, and she, in her heart, got so jealous. She wanted to be married so bad. She was a single gal. She wanted to be married so bad now, her relationship with her friend still was maintained. She wasn't, like, jealous and hating her, her friend, but she wanted to be married so bad she would do anything. And we saw this happening. 
and we tried to talk to her, but it's like it didn't, it didn't register. And so finally one day she finds some young man who claimed to be a Christian, tells her all the right things. <gasps> Do you ever see that movie? Uh, never mind. All right, I got to say, you, you ever see like the, the Ice Age movies and Scrat? Remember Scrat, the, the, the little squirrel? Does anybody see that? Okay, very few, so I'll just bypass it all together right now. If you all nodded your head, I'd go into it. But anyway, so she was just Googles over this guy, but it destroyed her because she got married. She got what she wanted. She just got to have it, got to have it. And, and I can just hear the Lord saying, oh, my daughter, this is not the person for you. This is not the right time. This is not the right time. And she was just unrelenting. And so he pops the question. She marries him. And not too long after, it becomes a disaster. And they get a divorce. And her heart is broken. And God doesn't come and rub your nose in it and say, I told you so. No, he breaks his heart. Because it was, a, it was an open rebellion. It, was, it became an idol to her, right? And I'll do anything, you know. And finally, I got it, you know. And it totally train wrecked her for some time. I hadn't even seen her since then. I hope she's doing well. But it broke my heart. It breaks your heart to see. Let's make a decision in our, in our life tonight because it's not too late ever to just say, Lord, am I, am, I, um, am I still fighting you? Or am I surrendering? Am I a willing vessel on that on that potter's wheel. God, as you begin to shape my life and you're going inside and you're shaping me and you're pulling out the junk and you're fashioning me and then you get out a tool and you're making this thing as it's spinning on the wheel. Are you willing to let God do that or are you just hanging on for dear life and unwilling to let God do what he wants? The greatest blessing in your life is when you surrender. I need to surrender even more and I know you probably do too because guess what? We're all the same. And so let's, let's stand tonight and let's pray and we'll finish this chapter next week. Hopefully chapter 16 as well. So Father, we just come before you and we, we thank you for the examples, Lord, that you've given to us in your word. And Lord, it's painful to watch. It's painful to hear. Lord, as we see these things happening, and Lord, uh, we just ask tonight specifically, Lord, that just as we have been discussing, Lord, that you would just make us those willing vessels that you can use, Lord, that you wouldn't have to bring us through some calamity, Lord, to, to cause us to shine like silver and gold on the other side. Lord, help us to be willing to, uh, to die to ourselves and to hand over the keys to every room in our heart and in our life. Lord, that you might have free reign to do with us whatever you want. And Lord, I know that is the greatest blessing, even though we don't think it is. Lord, your will is the best, and your love is the best. And we thank you tonight for saving us. Thank you for all the work that you're doing. God, please touch us tonight. Give us a good night's rest, Lord. Keep us safe tomorrow as we go about our way. And we just thank you that you're the God who hears, the God who sees. You're the great God of all creation and whom we love. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. 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 God bless you.
I'm sorry, that concludes our program for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of 2 Samuel. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Podcast or Apple Podcast. You're also invited to join us on Sunday and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link on the website. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you with your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.